0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 85, released on January 25th, 2012. My name's Steve Yunus, and joining me is my good friend Scotty V. Hey, Scotty.
1: What's happening, Steve? Everybody, how are you? Happy New Year. To you as well, 2012.
0: already. Wow. Already. And uh, this actually, this January edition of Radio KAL 2012 uh, is... Uh, our anniversary of seven years of doing Radio KAL. It started back on January 26, 2005, and wow. uh, it's been going ever since. So uh, happy birthday to us.
1: Yeah, I mean, somehow it just doesn't seem like I've been doing this for seven <laughs> years, Steve.
0: Yeah, well, but uh, before you, there was obviously Neil Bailey, and uh, it's been going for seven years, nonstop, one uh, Radio KAL every month. Since January two thousand and five, so a bit of an accomplishment. I'm something to be proud of.
1: It's exciting. It's exciting. Good job.
0: Nice. Excellent. Now, um, last month, or which was last year, now was uh, we looked at looked back at uh, to twenty eleven and as a year in review. And what are you looking forward to in twenty twelve?
1: For me, I uh, well, I'm looking forward to just so much, but Superman related. I think uh, a lot of people have said it already the uh the trailer uh, mm-hmm. I think we all assume will be uh hooked on to the Batman film uh Dark Knight Rises um not all that excited about the Batman movies themselves mm-hmm. so hopefully having the trailer there will give me something else to look forward to because you know I'm going to get dragged out there just by by sheer force of 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 no no willpower i'm going to be unable to resist mm-hmm. seeing the wrap-up to this nolan franchise even though they haven't been all i'd hoped they would be for me yeah I, clearly i'm on the outside looking in on that one because the entire world seems to think they're the best thing since sliced bread but uh, that'll give me something to look forward to if they do attach a trailer
0: yeah well you could always walk out after the trailer I could. I do that sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, we'll actually get uh, more into uh this topic in our big questions segment of the show, uh which uh we've got a few respondents uh to looking ahead to 2012 and also uh looking back at 2011 as a year in review. So uh let's move into our discussion topics. Uh, we usually start with movie news, and first off the bat is uh news about Man of Steel. They're uh wrapping they've wrapped up in Vancouver. Filming is completed there. And they're currently in L.A., uh, in California. And uh, we'll be pretty much done after this. Uh, They're at the Edwards Air Force Base uh, as we uh, record this. And uh, before too long, probably by the time we do our next podcast, we'll be saying that they've wrapped filming and uh, in post-production. Pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, they've been very, very busy. And, of course, people are wondering why they need so much time uh, since the filming is clearly already done uh, or very close to done and why they have to go to summer of, of 2013 but uh you know moving it away from other large tent poles is always a good thing you mm-hmm. don't want to have to compete with uh you know the mov- other movies that are made by the same studio and also it gives them plenty of time to really perfect whatever effects they need to yeah. to reshoot to redub whatever they have to do to really just make it the best they can make it and I don't I don't really think it's negative at all I mean other than the fact that we have to wait a little longer but uh, you know that's unfortunate but but maybe that'll just mean uh, for a better movie so yeah they're wrapping up but I'm sure they have a lot of other things they got to do and and uh, we'll see what happens as, as time goes on
0: yeah well definitely we want them to perfect any uh green screen you know CGI stuff that they've got to do in post-production we don't want them to rush that we want it to look as realistic as possible. And there's also the uh, you know they might need to do some reshoots or pickups that they need to go back and uh, you know just retake some some certain shots or whatever. They can always do that. And uh, we've also we also need to see a composer jump in and and actually score the film, which uh, we don't know who's going to be doing that or what the the score will be. So uh, there's all that to be done in post production too
1: well absolutely plus you know there were there were times when uh you know i don't know if it was ever completely cleared up but but it appeared as though you know the christopher reeve waving at the camera thing added on to the end of superman returns was done very late mm-hmm. and maybe didn't look as good as some of the other flying scenes in the movie things mm-hmm. that they tried to rush in at the last minute scenes that weren't filmed that they just had to add on so the more time the better for those types of things
0: yeah exactly Exactly. Now uh we had a bit of casting news this late in the game it was a bit interesting and it's not so much that they've just announced who they've cast but it's come out that certain people are in the movie. Um Richard Schiff who uh is uh, best known for his role in uh what's the name of the um Oh, is it it's West Wing. Yes, the West Wing. Just just go. escaped me for a minute there. Uh, he's playing Emil Hamilton, Professor Hamilton or Dr. Hamilton. I'm not sure exactly what his title will be. But he's Emil Hamilton, who uh, is well known to fans from both the comic books, uh, Smallville and Superman the Animated Series, to name a few of the uh, incarnations that he's been involved in. And, um, and that's great news. He actually looks, really looks the part.
1: He really does. I said so when I saw the picture uh that that was posted on the Superman homepage, I I thought, wow, if he looked exactly like that, they wouldn't have to do anything at no. all. And uh of course that's a stock photo from from somewhere probably some years ago maybe, but uh and the, whatever they do to him can only make it better, but I love that uh, Hamilton's being cast in the movie. This is something that as a as a, as a fan of the comic books for years and years when you watch other incarnations and you go, why are they just bringing some random scientist in when it could hmm. be Hamilton? Hmm. You know, Just for the fact that even if he doesn't have a large role, even if a lot of people don't care, the idea that Superman might meet with a scientist and his name could be Emil Hamilton is just so much cooler than yeah. just having some guy. So, I mean, I think it's a great, great thing. You know, yeah. I, on Lois and Clark, they introduced Hamilton once. And then he was never on again. Mm. And and then they they got into this Klein guy yep. when Lois and he were going to find out if she could be impregnated by a Kryptonian. And it, that all of that could have been Hamilton the whole time. I'm not really sure what happened there or why they did that. But uh, I like that Hamilton is cast here, and I think it's going to be cool.
0: Yeah, it's and it's a nod to the fans because like the the average person in the cinema is not going to know who Emil Hamilton is, but the fans who are. You know, familiar with the Superman uh, universe will uh, appreciate the uh, you know the, the fact that they've gone to that uh, length to cast or to name the character uh, somebody from the uh, Superman mythos. So that's uh, great news there. There's um, a couple of uh, young stars who are being named as being in the film, uh, playing a young Clark Kent and a young Lana Lang, and I also heard rumour of a prop of a possible young Pete Ross. So there's a few uh, teenagers there uh, who will obviously be playing um, the younger versions of those characters uh, for a flashback scene or a, you know, a, a recap scene of some kind. So that's interesting as well.
1: It is interesting. And if it is a, uh, you know, obviously we don't have all information. No. But I, I like the idea that uh, they're going to be going back and um, looking at some of these things from, from, from a different perspective. And uh, the idea that it's a flashback as opposed to, you know, a current time happening, in other words, uh, we've talked about this before, you know, do we need to really start from the beginning, or can we just have little little uh, hints of the past mm. through flashbacks, and that's kind of an interesting way to go about it, And and it's a way to, yes, show some of the origins without really making a full-on origin pick, which we yeah. still don't really know for sure, but... Uh, it appears that that's maybe what they're going for.
0: Yeah, so that'll be cool. Now, there was a rumor about a, a cameo of Lex Luthor as uh, with Bradley Cooper starring as Lex Luthor, but that seems to have been debunked. Uh, but there's still people hanging on. The guy who started or who posted the rumor to start with is still adamant that it's happening, but um, I find that one a bit hard to believe.
1: Well, you know, there are, there are... I mean, I hope that in even in this day and age there will be still some surprises some things oh, yeah. that filmmakers are able to keep under wraps and uh it would be kind of cool if a cameo by lex luthor just letting us know that he's there maybe in the background maybe helping set things up uh the way he wants them to go mm. and then cast as somebody i don't know about bradley cooper i mean he could be a decent uh Lex Luthor, why not, I guess, but uh, it doesn't really matter who it is, but the idea that there might be possible castings we don't know about or small roles or small surprises in the film is always intriguing mm. so i think somebody posting this or somebody coming up with it there's a there's a let's keep you know we could keep our fingers crossed there's a possibility that he has some sort of inside information we don't know about and uh he's trying to get it out to people while at the same time the movie people are trying to keep it in because mm. they don't they don't want us to know but uh who knows you know
0: yeah we'll wait and see if uh if that one pans out or not now the other, there was a, a, there's been few few photos have been released, and that's par for the course uh, with Man of Steel. To date, uh, we've got a lot of leaked photos, uh, you know, from the set and on location. Uh, one that came out that was, you'd have to think that it was somebody pretty close to the to the set was of this logging truck in a, uh, let's say, less than pristine condition.
1: Oh, no, come on. That's what they all look like.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I know that them. I've got, like a... you know, yeah, well, my logging truck's got uh, plenty of logs just stuck right through the, the, the cab of the truck.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I don't see, I don't understand what, I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. Yeah, I mean, well, what's the problem? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely, obviously, some sort of uh, destruction photo, some sort mm. of action or battle takes place in order to have that truck end up like that and uh i guess everybody's interested to find out exactly how that happened but it it, i don't even think someone i think mentioned on the boards too and i got to agree with them i don't i'm not sure exactly how you would projectile a log through steel and iron and whatever other metal is in, in in a truck without the you know Without the log breaking apart or, or splintering into bits, but uh I guess we'll have to find out. I mean, <laughs> even if even if you have the strength of Zod or the strength of Superman, I don't think that that nullifies the laws of physics. So I, I don't I don't know that there's a way that you could actually
0: pierce you know, a truck,
1: nail a, a piece of wood, even I if nailed. it is a giant tree through a truck. I, mm. I, it might. You know, it might smash into a truck. It might dent a truck. But I don't. I'm not sure how you could even. You know, even if they're sh- maybe if they're sharpened and you're throwing them as spears. I, but I don't know. I, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I'm not exactly sure how that could have occurred. But uh, well, maybe we'll have to know. get
0: a, a sci- scientist, a physics scientist, on here and just, just let us know whether or not that's possible.
1: Yeah, you know, or, or, on, or we uh...
0: could uh, contact MythBusters.
1: That's it. That's it. One time <laughs> there was a truck somewhere in Alaska that had logs through it and they would know about it. You could, well, they prob- you could it probably out. have some kind of, you know, Hamilton type scientist call into the uh, to the live show. Sure. And maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great idea for a topic. You could have not just the log truck, but you could have him on and fans could call in to, to ask him questions about Superman science. Sure. And, and let him explain whether or not it would be something that would be possible within the confines of what's been explained about Superman.
0: Maybe the author of that uh, The Science of Superman book
1: possibly not a bad idea
0: Not a bad. <laughs> oh we're just throwing up ideas here on Radio no. KAL we're just we're a, full we're, of them we're, we're full of it I think yeah we're full of stuff. <laughs> now uh, there was another photo of uh, Henry Cavill uh, with a young fan uh, during filming and Hen- Henry's in his full Superman costume uh, on bended knee uh, to pose with this uh, young fan uh, we don't know who he is It could be a child of one of the, the crew members or just someone who got to go on set but uh I think that was a, a a lovely photo, just to see Henry taking the time out to to get down to this kid's level and and pose uh, with a, for a photo with him.
1: Yeah, it's it's very cool because it shows his willingness to you know be the character and 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 uh, be you know accessible to to young people mm. and to fans and and that it's not something that. You know, a lot of fans or a lot of actors will oftentimes shy away from um, publicity, being seen in shots, you know, autographs, that kind of thing. But uh, you know, this certainly shows that he's willing to uh, take take a picture with someone. But, yeah,
0: and the costume looks pretty good.
1: It does look good. Uh, I'm not I'm not so sure about the overall look in this particular picture, but. Obviously, this is offset and not lit the way they'll light it in the movie. Uh, he looks a lot skinnier to me in this photo than he has in other um, pictures that I've seen. Uh, obviously, his arm and shoulder look uh, look muscular, but his neck and, and head, uh, he looks more like a skinny guy playing <laughs> Superman, which I was just talking to my wife yesterday about. Um, over the years, we've kind of had – we've had I, – I would say we've really only had one – so one guy plays Superman that is even close to the body type that I would normally associate with Superman, and that is uh, Dean Kane because mm-hmm. he was actually muscular. He had true muscles that were his own. He was built very, very well. And uh, other than that, we've had really skinny, lanky, long guys come in, and you could see uh, on the Donner films, uh, you know, during the Christopher Reeve auditions that they have and in, included in the extras that, that he 's really young and really skinny and, and kind of lanky and doesn't doesn 't appear to be the type that you would necessarily cast mm. to play mm. what what the embodiment of Superman is and in general, there were times when they would model the ca- the comic book character after the Christopher Reeve guy, but if you look at the overall uh, embodiment of Superman comics he 's usually a big guy. Mm. Tall, but not lanky and thin, yeah, yep. not basketball player styled, more like um a football player um in in shape, you yep. know not not one of the big linemen, but not uh, a
0: bodybuilder you know, of some type
1: yes, yeah, so and we don't we don't, and I think the problem with that is that it's difficult to find uh, maybe really good actors who really look the part yeah that yeah. have that that type of a build I mean, if you cast Vin Diesel you know, you know, you know what you're going to get with Vin Diesel and that really wouldn't work either. So, um, but I think, I mean, Cavill certainly looks the part and, and I'm I'm happy with the amount of bodybuilding that clearly has been done. Yeah. Uh, it'll still remain to be seen how exactly it looks on screen, but in general, I've, I've looked at most of the guys cast as Superman when I watch the movie and say, yeah, they're doing a good job as actors, but they really don't have the overall embodiment of the character sure. that, that that we we've, we've been growing up reading and looking at for years and years.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see just how it looks on on film. And uh, it's one of the things we've been probably a catch cry of this uh, podcast and and, and yeah. indeed the website. We'll just have to wait to see how it looks on film.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Now uh, moving away from uh, Man of Steel, we've uh, the other movie that's uh, to, to be looked at is the animated film Justice League Doom, and uh, Warner Brothers have recently announced the New York uh world premiere and then the LA premiere uh on February 13th and February 16th respectively uh we will have uh staff members reporters on uh both locations for those premieres so uh look for reports uh, uh mid February for either of each of those uh premieres for Justice League Doom which looks to be an interesting film uh, I I think I'm looking forward more to uh Superman versus the Elite later Uh, the next animated release but um which is obviously specifically for superman but justice league doom looks like fun uh, nevertheless
1: well i like any any type of uh uh, animated film that includes superheroes and if superman's a part of it that's definitely a bonus because uh like you i'd probably rather have more standalone superman films as many as we can possibly get sure. but of course they want to vary the palette, so yeah. they want to have some other heroes too and since batman seems to be a fan favorite and seems to be the most popular uh, most of the time they uh, tend to uh, they tend to to have it be batman or superman as far as we've been i mean we've seen green lantern and we've seen wonder woman but they seem to be going back to the well in terms of uh... Um, Superman and Batman related stories, so I think it's interesting and uh i like i like I like the idea of the story even if it's still a little hard for me to swallow that Batman could take all these people down which is which is I believe the uh emphasis of the story it's mm-hmm. It's kind of what the story is about the the idea that Bruce Wayne has to come up with a plan to take all these super powered heroes down in case something happens and in the case of this plot, something does happen and, and Batman is, is required to use all of his certainly notable skills, but not necessarily realistic within the terms of the story that, that a regular guy like Batman would be able to do something like that. These are godlike like uh, characters that in my opinion, he is privileged to work alongside with and uh, not the other way around. But uh, obviously a lot of Batman fans would disagree with me and, and the story as well as the whole of DC comics seems to disagree with me as well, because I don't know about you, but it seems to me that we continuously get story after story of how Batman is better than everybody else.
0: Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, it frustrates me. And, uh, which is, uh, one of the polls we recently ran on the Superman homepage was as a Superman fan. Do you also consider yourself a Batman fan? And personally I voted no, I'm not really interested in Batman, but, uh, Obviously, a lot of Superman fans are also Batman fans and obviously DC Comics fans uh, as a whole. So, um, yeah, but it is frustrating to see Batman always, or more often than not, uh, seem to come up trumps against Superman.
1: Yeah, well, it's not only Superman. Uh, you know, it's yes. all every all of them. Whenever yeah. they find it necessary, or whenever they want to. I mean, you just look at the premiere of the Justice League animated series, and Batman is all over that. Yeah. And I understand back then the the, the whole uh, the whole system, the whole animated thing was based on that Batman animated series that yep. started it all. And everybody loved that, and everybody loved Batman and Kevin Conroy and the way they did that series. But i still think there was a better way to possibly portray it but i mean every time you turn around he's saving super-powered heroes from from weapons and characters that if he were under attack by them he would probably be finished within seconds on a in in any type of real world situation and i know people can go but scott this isn't a real world situation we're talking about super-powered characters and i say ah but we're not when we're talking about batman even in this world Batman is still just a guy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and yeah. I, I still don't like it. I loved the um the Batman film, uh the one where Robin dies and uh I forget what it was called, but uh it's an animated film and it came out a few years ago. Um Red Hood is in it. Um anyway, where where the story is really good, the char- it's really character driven and overall it shows them as regular people, but then there are still points where they fly over in the bat plane and they leap from way up in the air down onto a building, and I, I, I don't, I fail to even understand how that happened. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, where I guess I'm getting off track a little. But the movie should be It's always exciting for me to see a superhero movie, and, yeah. and for me, I am a Batman fan to to an extent. Uh, whereas you you say that you don't really care, about I mean, I don't really care that much about Batman either. But I like every superhero movie. I mean, sure. I saw all the ones that came out this summer. I'll see every one that comes out unless it looks really bad, like Steel or Catwoman. But, uh, you know, uh, so so yeah, I mean, I like to see other superheroes in action. Yeah, I would call him a hero. He's more like James Bond, and you, he should be treated that way. I mean, certainly <laughs> there are situations where James Bond um, is – superhuman like and Mm. gets out of them where another human being wouldn't yep so if you portray batman that way and i think nolan tried to do that yeah so so and i think that's why it's 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 very popular as well and uh so i think i think in the in some of the animated situations especially where he's on screen with other superheroes he should be um, explained in those sort of terms as opposed to you know, being overpowering to all of them.
0: Yeah, we'll wait and see how Justice League Doom works out, and uh, get reviews from those uh, reporters at those events, uh, which will include Q and A panel and uh, red carpet interviews, if we're lucky. So uh, we'll wait and uh, wait for those premieres on February thirteenth and February sixteenth. Uh, so that's pretty much our movie discussion. Um, the only real TV point that I'd like to raise is that. Uh, the three-pack of fun DVD set of Young Justice episodes uh, will be uh, shortly uh, released. It uh, pretty much just collects all three uh, single-disc releases that have been uh, released to date. Um, and that's pretty much the first... I think it's the first 12 episodes of the... I think there's three episodes per disc. Uh, that'll be nine then. So there'll be uh, nine episodes in total on that uh, release. Um... So nothing really big there. I mean it's it's just I guess just their way of uh continually having something on the shelves for people to, to look at and possibly purchase.
1: Well, I know that um you live in, in uh Australia and, and America is very, very capitalistic. It's it's you know, a lot about making as much money as you can. I mean, George Lucas is a prime example of releasing the same thing over and over and over again and actually getting people to buy it somehow. Uh, he manages to do it on a regular basis and continues to do it. I'm still certain that we haven't seen the last star Wars release and we're going to see more as time goes on and probably more and more after that. So it seems to me that that's what uh, Warner television or whatever the uh, subsidiary is that produces these is going to keep doing that type of thing with these animated shows that uh, they did it uh, with the Superman animated series. Mm-hmm. They did it with justice league. Um, it's, it's, it's I don't I don't think they're coming straight out and saying Hey we're gonna rip you off no. but on the other hand, um, people still don't seem to catch on that Hey they're just releasing three episodes at a time and when they're done with this they're gonna release all the ones they already released and then when they're done with that they're gonna release the full set of of uh, series number one the the the, uh, the first season uh, and still they go Oh yeah. I love these I gotta go out and have these yeah. and buy them or they buy them for their kid and then they, and they go, oh, well, I could have had nine of them instead of three of them for around the same price or a little bit more if I would have just waited a few months and then they get people mad. So I don't know. I mean, I understand trying to make money and, and I understand the system that we live in, but I, uh it seems like I'm a broken record when it comes to these uh, on Radio Cal that that, that uh, right now Young Justice is all we've got. Mm. But uh, it's happened, this is the fourth time now, because they had one disc each time, and now they have a three-disc set of the same one discs that they released before. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's uh, They're just maximizing their profits, which is what the, the, their business is. Now, uh, that uh, release does contain all first 12 episodes uh, available, so there's four per disc four episodes per disc and that will be released on April 17th Uh, so if you're interested in that three pack of fun DVD collection you can get that from the Superman homepage online store at supermanhomepage.com forward slash shop now comic book news um it's not on our topic list of discussions but I wanted to mention the DC Comics logo that pretty much just uh, came out as we're recording this uh what did you think of the logo
1: <clears throat> uh sorry for the long pause I um, <laughs> didn't know what happened there <laughs> i'm uh I'm confounded and confused, and I <laughs> don't really know what to say about the logo it's
0: I think it's, you just uh, said it all there <laughs>
1: I guess it's a logo uh is that i mean I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah no well, I mean from my point of view, and I mentioned this on the live broadcast that we did as a graphic designer who designs logos uh, for a living um I like the logo from a corporate point of view it's a it's a nice design it's um it's it, it has uh possibilities in regards to you know um changing it for each different character or each different um application with you know say for the green lantern one they've got that green glowing lookout coming out of the sea uh for you know um batman they can do a different design on the sea for the flash they've got the lightning you know bolt through the sea so they can do they can change the logo to apply it for the different characters but what it doesn't do for me is it doesn't re- say comic books it doesn't reflect the industry that uh that it's for um it's a nice corporate look as i said but for comic books for the entertainment value it just doesn't seem to reflect that image and uh I'll, I'll reserve more judgment until I see the way it can be animated in a um, theatrical version for, say, uh, you know, at the beginning of trailers or the beginning of movies uh, or in commercials on TV or what have you to see how it uh, re- relates in an animated version, whether the D is actually a D that peels off the C or how they go about doing that. But. Um, from a design point of view, I quite like it, but from an entertainment point of view, reflecting the industry that it's supposed to reflect, I don't think that uh, it it does its job, but uh, it may grow on us just like the swoosh did.
1: Well, you know, I was one of the people who really liked the, the, the new logo when it came out a few years ago. I think, I think part of most people's Problem with it was that it was new, that it was different, that they're used to. They were used to the stars, uh, the the old the old circle the pattern. Than it was before, and yeah, the bullet. And uh, I, I I'd like to think that that's not at all what my issue is here. I mean, uh, I I. My grandfather, before he died, used to say things like, you know, when the Tim Burton Batman came out, he used to say things like, oh, Adam West show is definitely the best Batman there'll ever be, you know, Uh, based and it would be, you know, whether it was a remake of a cowboy movie or whether it was a remake of a superhero movie or a redo or whatever always the old was the best so in this case we'd say oh no matter what they do you know uh bud collier will always be the best uh superman or whatever Uh, but with this case i don't i'm not i'm not somebody who's just uncomfortable with change i mean i do agree with you that it looks kind of cool from a corporate standpoint it kind of reminds me of like an insurance logo or or a uh, you know a big company type of lo- and i know that dc comics is kind of a big company so it could fit in that way but yeah you're right it doesn't it doesn't look exciting it doesn't look dynamic it doesn't look like something that um would interest people in comic books or but really really fits on comic books um looking at the second picture that you have posted on the site where it does kind of enhance it for each type of character and we're making guesses based on what we think they might be um it does it looks a little cooler but Mm. it's still as you say it's um you know these the second ones look more alive look more dynamic than the first ones do and if it's going to be a brand wide thing where they put it on movies trailers tv shows and books uh, i understand that as well but it's it's still a little bit odd in terms of it's. It's not like the swoosh in that that one you could still see being used for what it was, and it really was just an update of the logo that they already had. Mm. It wasn't all that different. It was just a little more lively, I think. Uh, these kind of seem a little more, for lack of a better word, dead. Yeah. Just kind of static, you know. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see just whether it does grow on us, grow on us, and whether or not. They uh, do enhance it in some uh, further capacity. Um, it doesn't look too bad on the uh, mock-ups that I saw of them putting it on the covers of comic books or on the spines of graphic novels. Uh, it looks quite uh, uh, you know, quite good in those positions. But uh, well, it's uh, it's not being received that well by fans. But again, it might just be that uh, it's you know it comes down to change and people are, you know just become familiar. It doesn't seem that long ago that the other logo was uh was released so whether or not the issue with uh trading trademarking or uh uh that kind of legal issue has is why they've decided to release this logo uh now and why they didn't do it at the relaunch of the DC new 52 uh whether they thought that would be too much change in one go I don't know but uh we'll wait and see what happens
1: Well, the other thing that that, uh, I think, you know, in reading some of what they're saying, it was our goal to capture DC Entertainment in a dynamic and provocative identity. Our solution is a living expression which changes and adapts to the character storylines and the way fans are consuming content. Now, That can easily be read, you know, as you bring up, you know, maybe it's the the copywriting issue. Maybe it's maybe there's something else behind this. So you could read that line as a line of BS, you know, that they always (laughs) release uh, uh, kind of press releases where they explain these things away in those sort of terms. But in reading that and and the idea that they're releasing these books same day as eBooks, and that you can get them on your iPad and all that stuff. Um I could see this, this as something that's alive even when you're reading a comic book. You know, you're talking about movies or, or trailers or television where they're actually filming with a computer and they can do that. But on books that are normally static and they will be, you could still have these kind of living logos on the front page. Or on a place where you would go in to buy the comics, or which would then make it more exciting to see mm. as part of your application on your screen as buying a comic. So I think that maybe that that could be, you know, and as they say, wait the ways fans are consuming content, that could be what they mean by that as yeah, well.
0: True. true. Uh, okay, moving into other comic book discussions, uh, with a few comic books... Since our last podcast uh, that we've read, uh, Superman number four came out pretty much just after we recorded the last radio KAL, and the issue number five will be available on the day that this goes live, so or goes on on the on the website. So uh, Superman four we'll, we'll discuss that um, was the issue where Heather Kelly went uh, missing and then appeared on air uh, on a TV show uh, discussing. Her predicament and what happened to her, and pretty much giving, uh, you know, uh, taking away any blame from either Clark Kent or Superman in regards to uh, what had happened. And um, it was, uh, yeah, what did you think of the story?
1: Well, this is an issue that I had um, in Smallville as well. Um, Obviously, uh, Superman is not a murderer because she isn't dead. Yep. Nor was Ollie a murderer because Lex Luthor was not dead. But. The idea that the impetus was there, the you know, especially with Ollie, uh, he meant to do it. He intended to do it. the 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 plan was to do it. It just so happened that Ollie failed. Does that necessarily, because he's a failure at being a murderer, does that make him any less an intended murderer? Now, in this case, Superman wasn't trying to murder anyone. He just realized that he had to stop the rampage of the creature that Heather Kelly had apparently been uh, taken over by. So, if she was accidentally killed, he would still be her accidental killer. But since she did not die, is he off the hook completely? I would say that legally he is. However, since this is a growing Superman, um, and we're not even 100% sure exactly where this is in terms of his career, but we know that it's early, uh, hopefully can we see him get away from that kind of thing, because the Superman that uh we're always used to and again this is a change thing but i mean the superman that i love that that i think you love that that other fans love is the guy who always finds another way who always knows that you know people go oh spider-man will you catch the love of your life or will you save these children over here and it turns out that he can only do one or the other Mm. superman figures out a way to do them both there was an episode of lois and clark where uh, there was bombs all over the city or something, and they said, there's no way you can stop them all. And that show, not really being an action show, uh, did the easy thing and had him fire his uh, heat vision into space off of a satellite mirror that that then split it into two and destroyed both bombs from a distance, which may be an oversimplification of what what they could have done with something like that. Oh. But, I mean, I think that was a simple way of explaining that uh, Superman doesn't kill, doesn't allow to be killed. Obviously, he's failed. Things have gone wrong. Um, but I don't I don't love the idea that, well, I got to save other people, so the best thing I can do is sacrifice this one.
0: Mm, the lesser uh, of two evils.
1: So, yeah, I, I think, yes, he's off the hook, and, of course, he breathes a, a large sigh of relief that she's not dead, and now we have the confusion of... Who she really is and why she survived, but on the other hand, we still have the issue that he was willing to do it, hoping that it wouldn't happen, hoping that he could separate her, but not really sure, and just going ahead with the plan anyway.
0: Mm. Now, the end of this issue saw the the creatures uh, reveal that they'd been trying to communicate with him, Um, but uh, then they, in some way, merge and create this swarm of. More roaches and maggots and worms and uh, start initiating a purge and uh, he's overwhelmed by the insects and uh, they seem to be uh, taking over him or going inside him or some something
1: well i get the impression that this is the end of our superman it's going to be a five issue run and uh, (laughs) we're never going to see him again because uh obviously insects uh have destroyed him
0: yeah well well it was uh it was good while it lasted
1: yeah, it was a brief run, but hey, <laughs> so the action will still go on because that's years before.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll uh, wait to see what happens in Superman number five, and how Superman overcomes if he does in Scotty's world exactly. He doesn't, but uh, if he does, if he does, overcomes this uh, this purge. Uh, but then we had Action Comics number five, uh, which uh, is Action Comics is one of my favorite reads at the moment. I'm I'm enjoying it uh, probably more than some of the other titles. Um, in Action Comics number five, we saw a bit of a flashback with Jor-El and Lara, um, and the destruction of Krypton, and, and, uh, you know, they tried to go into the Phantom Zone, but, uh, uh the villains in there pretty much make that a uh, a, uh, a, a no-go, and, uh, Krypto is sucked into the Phantom Zone, and, uh, so they decide to, uh, use the rocket, uh, that he'd been building as a, uh, as a prototype, and, uh, uh, send off kal to to Earth, and um, and then we get uh, this backup story with uh, with Jonathan and Martha Kent, which um, was was probably worth the the purchase of the comic alone.
1: Now, is this Action Five? Didn't didn't you say that this wasn't released yet?
0: No, Superman number five was one that's coming out this week uh, January 25th. Okay. Uh, Action Comics number 5 came out on January 4th.
1: Holy moly. Wow, am I behind on that? I don't <laughs> think I, I I don't think I have it. I honestly don't think I ever got it, but that sounds kind of cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's, a, it's a pretty much a flashback of you know, of the origin which uh, Michael Bailey who reviewed the comic uh was a bit surprised by. He, he was of the opinion that uh, we weren't going to be getting an origin story in this run and that's what he thought Grant Morrison had pretty much uh, explained but um I was actually and as Michael was as well was I was touched by the backup story which is called Baby Steps and it shows Jonathan and Martha Kent going through the whole process of realizing that uh they can't have children that she's uh, you know they have trouble falling pregnant to start with and then she has a miscarriage and um you know from my from my perspective uh, having been a bereaved father and for people who haven't read my book um, and Michael uh, explains that uh, between him and his wife had similar issues with uh with pregnancy and stuff it was a very touching and heartfelt and emotional story because you just feel the um despondency of martha and you know the 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 hopefulness of jonathan and and the way that they as a couple that they uh fight through this these dark times of uh, of uh trying to start a family and Um, and then out of the blue this rocket comes to earth and answers all their questions
1: yeah that would be nice uh, if if every time something like that happened that uh, someone could get a rocket that had a super (laughs) kid in it that would be like uh, the greatest hero of all time and uh, will grow up wonderfully and and be just a great kid uh, but, uh, but in the comics of course we do have things like that happening now Is Morrison, did he write the backup story or did someone else?
0: No, somebody else wrote the backup story. The backup story is attributed to Sholly Fish, who is doing all the backup stories uh, for Action Comics. Uh, But Grant Morrison does touch on it briefly at the end of his story, um, which is called Rocket Song. Um, So like, we do get Martha and Jonathan uh, discovering the ship and... uh, and we actually find out that the, and I don't want to spoil it for you, but um, we actually find out that, remember in one of the early action comics, I think it might have been action number two, we see Lex Luthor point out to this six legged creature as, uh, uh, well, it's a decomposing body of something, and he points it to Superman as saying, Is this what you really look like? Is this, you know, what yeah. Kryptonians really are? And it ends up being um, uh, something that Jonathan Kent puts, it, it gives, to the, uh, gives to the army as being what he found, um, and oh, nice. which, which is a bit far-fetched, because if you ask me, you would think that the government would do a DNA test, or maybe they didn't have that uh, technology at this stage in the story, I don't know, but you think that they would be able to find out what this creature was if they uh, examined it a bit closer and realised it was not uh, an alien creature.
1: You would think. But oh, I'll have to <laughs> read it myself to see, but I'm I'm sorry, I'm so far behind. I uh
0: That's all right. Being of the year I, you I might not have it. yeah, well January fourth is probably still a, on holiday. I can mode. get it
1: online, I'm sure, but I had no idea that it was not in my pack and I'm I i, I kind of just read the books as I get them and it's not there. But there that sounds I mean, is it is it the same person who wrote the Steel backup story?
0: Uh well What'd Sholly uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Sholly Fish has been doing the backup stories uh, for Action Comics, did he do one for, I think this might be his first, no, let's have a look, Action Comics number four, he did the Hearts of Steel, yes.
1: Okay, because yes. that backup story, uh, and I've read it in many different reviews, uh, was probably better than the book itself, sure. the, the yeah, actual sure. story that took place in the book. Yeah. And the art was just spectacular. If it looks and and, and reads like that, Um, I could certainly see how it would be a great story. I mean – and then that that kind of development and depth and emotional impact um, is oftentimes missing from these books. And I know it's action comics and I know that they've said it's going to be just that. It's going to be action from page 1 to page 20 and and that's what we're going to see over and over again. And. And that's great, but, I mean, it is nice to dive in a little bit and see what the impetus of these characters is and Mm. where their emotional uh, substance lies. And and that kind of a backup story uh, just sounds very, very um, uh, good to read to me. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but that's the kind of thing that I think the logo that they've come out with, uh, it looks more sophisticated in a way. Less, less, I don't want to say fun, but less kiddy, less you know more mature more more like a book that an adult would want to read
0: sure and now, these
1: kind of stories i think help that thing to go along
0: yeah now sholly uh fish does write both stories that you both backup stories but it's a different artist for the uh number 5 chris cross does the artwork for for that uh Martha and Jonathan backup story but uh still great artwork nevertheless uh, i guess we should touch on superboy and supergirl uh both number 5 issues uh, which came out this month, January. Um, I'm enjoying Supergirl more than I'm enjoying Superboy. I find Superboy a little bit uh, disjointed. I guess you'd say.
1: Yeah, I I tend to be with you a bit. I mean, here's my thing: when when Fifty Two, the new Fifty Two relaunched, I thought, you know, I should be a, a a loyal Superman reader, and I should I should buy all of the Superman family books. I've heard a lot of the fans say, you know. Uh, we can't just be expected to buy anything with Superman's name on it just because it has the S. It's got to be good. It's got to mm. be worthy. And and I'm with you on Superboy. I'm just not sure I get it. I don't really know what exactly they're going for. I guess they're trying to be edgy. I guess they're trying to make him cool. He's kind of like Wolverine in that he has this temper and he's mad mm. at everybody, mm. uh, which I guess is similar to the Young Justice uh, animated show um but you know it's it's not going anywhere else really aside from just kind of being all over the place and having weird villains and weird appearances and and they keep hinting to the teen titans and who he's going to go get and but it never kind of gets anywhere and it's just i i am I'm, I'm definitely with you on that and for supergirl i mean i was i was kind of enjoying it i really liked the first issue and the second issue uh, I'm falling a little bit cold on the guy in the space station that's uh, revealing things about her past, somehow knows or whatever, and, mm. and is uh, kind of teasing her with little bits of things. And and uh, I don't know, it just seems a little weird, you know the 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 thing that she killed that wasn't really alive or whatever because it was a, a, a I don't know made in a lab or, or I, I, I'm not sure. I'm really enjoying that either, but I do like the. The general tone of at least her personality and her uh, reactions to things more than I am with Superboy.
0: Yeah, I like the with Supergirl number five uh, that we got to see the whole thing about Argos City and, uh, you know, uh, her father Zorel and, you know, the fact that he, uh, there's a message there in that red uh, sunstone that she's uh, got in her possession. And, uh, you know, we got a bit of a flashback as to what happened and now she's been you know what's happened with uh, krypton has been uh confirmed for her which was an issue that she had with kal-el when he uh told her that krypton had blown up and she didn't believe him at first so uh i guess there is that confirmation for her now um not sure about this world killer character there was a lot of exposition in supergirl number 5 as to you know the the typical villain thing the the monologue of this is what i'm going to do and this is who i am and this is what's going to happen and you know just do it already you know stop talking about it <laughs> Uh, yeah,
1: give everybody warning so that we can prepare <laughs> and stop you.
0: But uh, Supergirl doesn't seem to have too much of her own supporting cast, which is Superboy. On the flip side, does has a huge supporting cast with Caitlin, aka Red, um, with Rose, uh, with uh, you know Zen, uh, all these other Zenuel, I think his name is all these other cast members at uh, at the Nowhere uh, Project, and um, where Supergirl really has just gone from fight to fight to fight to fight you know, for uh, for issue to issue. So hopefully Supergirl settles down soon so that she can uh, form a a supporting cast uh, around her. Um, But I am excited to see this upcoming, um, what would you call it, crossover between Superboy, Supergirl and uh, Superman that they're going to be meeting up in in upcoming issues.
1: I'm interested in, in that as well because I think that Obviously, uh, the first meeting with Superman didn't go all that well. You mm. know, They didn't get along particularly well. She was being the bold young girl who doesn't want to believe anything that the older person tells her. And, and I get that. And I understand her uh, confusion when she first arrives on this planet and, and apparently had no idea before now uh, what exactly had happened or why she was here. So mm. she was finding it very hard to trust people. And I think that I would hope that the second meeting would go better. And as far as meeting with Superboy, uh, he doesn't seem to get along too well with anybody.
0: He needs, so uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure how that's going to go. Yeah, that'll be an interesting confrontation. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, the Superman books, um, the, the the core books at, at the moment. We'll uh, we'll discuss the, the upcoming issues of uh, Superman number five and Justice League number five in our next uh, Radio KL podcast as they're released on the day that this uh, podcast is released. Uh, so we'll be sure to discuss them next turn around. Uh, moving away from comics, uh, looking forward to this uh, announcement about a Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes game. Um, the uh, the Lego series of uh, of games is one that I've enjoyed. I've played the uh, Star Wars one, the Indiana Jones, um, I think there's a Harry Potter one. So yeah, I've enjoyed the Lego series of games, and to be able to include Superman. Uh, in the Batman 2 one um, Is going to be exciting I'm a bit disappointed that Again it's labelled as Batman Batman's uh-huh. you know the, uh, the core character That everybody else seems to hang off uh, But uh, Superman and Wonder Woman Will be included as will Lex Luthor uh, And the Joker in this, uh, in this Lego Batman 2 DC Super Heroes uh, release Which uh, will be released For all major gaming systems uh, Summer 2012 Which I guess uh, is about 6 months away
1: yeah, man, we're getting close now. Mm. I'm glad that you were the one to bring up the Batman thing <laughs> this time because uh even though you agreed with me last time, it's nice that I'm not the only one who's whining about it. But uh did you play the first Lego Batman?
0: Uh yes, I did. I've played that one as well. Um with, you know, Robin uh following him around and uh you know, you can switch between the characters and they all they each have their different uh, you know, capabilities, uh which is which is great. And I love the fact that the Lego games that you can go back after you've completed it. And uh, do other parts of the game that you weren't able to do because you didn't have, say, in the case of the Star Wars games, you didn't have the you know the robot capabilities or in the Batman game you you can play as a villain and access different other rooms and and areas uh, as a villain
1: if we're going to do a podcast where we're talking about geeky things like superheroes. We, we gotta say droids, Steve. Sorry. In sorry. Star Wars yeah, droids. Yeah, you're
0: right. Droids. My, I my only bad. point that
1: out because, you know, we're geeks and all. And
0: Yeah, yeah. So my <laughs> bad. My bad.
1: But, uh, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I never played. The only one I played was Indiana Jones because mm-hmm. I'm a big Indiana. Oh, actually, I played Star Wars a little bit, but I'm a big Indiana Jones fan and, uh, I thought that was kind of cool. I, yeah. I didn't finish it. I had borrowed it or something along those lines, right. but uh, they're kind of quirky and they have little jokes in them and they're mainly mm. comedy issue type things. So yep. I think they're fun and they're fun for the whole family. And, and they're, you know, so we talk about being adult, we talk about being serious and we, you know, uh, having good dramatic storylines and things. But on the other hand, these are superheroes, and uh, there, there, is a, there is something to be said for having a book like Superman Family coming out and having games like, like uh, the Lego superhero-type games that, that everybody can play, and yeah. you can team up, and you can play with your your son or your daughter or your, or your brother or your mom, even. You know, I played <laughs> a little with my mom we were playing Star Wars. Uh, they're, they're games that, you know, with a little time, everybody can kind of get along and, and play and, and team up, and so I think it's kind of neat.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, something to look forward to uh, later this year. Uh, Now, uh, talking about later this year, uh, we mentioned in our last podcast, I think, about what we were looking forward to uh, for 2012. Um, Probably on the top of uh, both our lists was the release of a trailer for Man of Steel. Uh, We'll get more into this in the uh, big questions segment of the month. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'll probably say the highlight for me looking ahead not knowing what's coming uh is uh, seeing the trailer for man of steel and also uh the two animated movies that we should be seeing uh justice league doom and superman versus the elite
1: yeah i think that elite one is going to be uh has the potential i remember the storyline and uh it was really cool that i was shocked by a number of things that happened uh when reading the comics so mm-hmm. if they can incorporate some of that into the movie i think that uh that'll be a really uh really cool thing to see
0: yeah now uh you mentioned earlier uh, about our live uh, radio KL broadcast that we do uh, on. indeed. Yeah, Monday nights at eight thirty PM Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we, in recent times, had uh, were lucky enough and and, uh, and fortunate enough to have Jack O'Halloran uh, on as a special guest. He, obviously, as uh, all Superman fans know, starred as Non, the uh, the mute brute of uh, the Superman movies, uh, Superman the movie and Superman Two. And uh, yes, indeed, he does talk, and he had a lot to say on Radio KL Live, especially this little segment about uh, an altercation he had with Christopher Reeve during filming. Now, Jack, I wanted—I had a question for you myself. I was just looking at your uh, Wikipedia page, and uh, there's a mention there about an interview you did with Starlog magazine back in 2006, in uh-huh. which uh, you state that uh, you and Christopher Reeve didn't get along that well during the making. Of the Superman movies, uh, and, the, and I suppose that there was an incident where you two nearly came to blows. Is that something you can uh, expand on? Well,
2: uh, you know, it, 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 Christopher was a it was a harmless person, and sure. you know, really, yeah, he was uh, he was like um, he was very young in his mind when he came on the set to do Superman. Right. He had never really done anything other than, uh, uh, I think, a love of life, a television show. Yeah. And, in some uh, Broadway play or something he yep. did holding a spear with Captain Emperor. So, yeah. but, uh, you know, and he really got into the role and all this stuff. And I guess lifting all those weights and everything. I don't know. But, uh, he, I, you know, I introduced a lot of people on the set to a, a very, very good Italian restaurant in London, which was o- owned by dear friends of mine. And, uh, and, and they used to eat there every night, and you know, and I used to eat by myself in one side of it because I, you know, I had a table of my own, and sure. I kind of liked that. And, uh, uh, and I had friends of mine that would come and visit me there and stuff. And and one day the guy called me on the phone, and he said, Jack, he said, how well do you know Christopher Reeve? And I said, uh, well, I work with him. I said, well, what, why would you ask me that? He said, well, he was in here last night, and he was talking about. You and your father, and uh, organized crime, and who you are, and where you come from, and I said, "What did you say?" And he <laughs> said, hey, he was talking about all this stuff about your father and everything." And I said, "Really?" So I went on the set the next day, and I was waiting for him to come to work, and uh, and he came to work, and uh, and I said, "Christopher, we need to have a word." And I, and I took him in a room, and I said. Uh, how well do you know me? And he said, oh, what do you mean? And I just know for what you've know what you done in the film industry and, um, and uh, working with you here. And I said, well, uh, let me ask you a question. What gives you the right to go into a restaurant and talk about something in my life that you have no idea what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, I never did. He started getting up at you, and I said, son, let me tell you something. If you ever mention my name outside of this place again, you better put Mr. in front of it. <laughs> You ever talk about my family or anything else to do with my family, I'll rip your face off. You understand that? And and he and he very, you know, cowardly, oh, I, I apologize. I said I said, yeah, and I left, and I went outside the room, and he came behind me, and we got outside. There was a crowd there, and all of a sudden, he got bravado, and he, <laughs> and he started to say something to me or something, and I turned around, and I said, what did you say? And he said, "You can't to talk to me that way." And I took him and put him up against the wall. And I had him up against the wall by the neck. And I was ready to punch this. And and Richard Donner came up behind me. Not in the face, Jack. Not in the face, please. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me actually laugh. You know? And it was so. It was you know, it was like a, a slight altercation. And you know, uh, and, and I, you know, I, I sort of like let it go. And he just kept his distance from me. He never, you know, uh, he didn't come around me too much after that. You know, sure. he, he was very polite and hello Hawaii and everything. But uh, and I never really—he wasn't my cup of tea. You know, sure, um, fair enough. Uh, Gene, I hung out more with with uh, Brando and Hackman and people like that. You know, Christopher okay. was just Christopher. You know, he was uh, he was harmless, uh, and you know, he uh, he actually when he got hurt, he helped a lot of people. You yeah, know, I got, yeah. I got to give all the kudos for that. I mean, he wasn't the nicest person in the world to people prior to that, but when he got hurt, he he really changed a lot, and, and he gave a lot of people a lot of courage, and and he was a very brave individual when he went through. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I give him a lot of credit for that. I really do.
0: And you still think that uh, he's the uh, the epitome of what Superman, as far as being on film is about. Uh, you don't think no. they will ever find someone to match him.
2: I don't think they'll ever find another. I mean, Chris, would, he uh, he matured as an actor with that role, and, uh, and he he just he did it so well. I mean, mm. and the look was absolutely brilliant. I mean, he had he had the thing down to a T. You know, he yeah. he really um, he put it. He just he, he carried it off. I, I don't think they'll ever get anybody to carry it off as succinctly as he did. He, mm. he was he was brilliant. He really was. <laughs> So what did you make of that, Scotty? Well,
1: I'm I'm trying to decide whether or not the, there was a, you'd think I would know having seen the movie so many times. Was there a scene where in costume he could have possibly grabbed Christopher Reeve <laughs> as Superman by the throat and maybe whispered it when we weren't? Looking or 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 that they could have edited over so that he could kind of get away with doing that on set. I mean, uh, I know he was a great non and all, but uh, wow, it seems like something you could get fired for.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I imagine that there on on most movie sets, and not everybody necessarily gets along. But um, yeah, you know, whether he's that's embellished assault, that, though, I yeah, mean, whether sheesh. he's embellished the story and um, you know after the fact or uh, or not, um, that's only Jack will really know, and I don't know who else. Might, might have witnessed that uh, onset set. Um... It's
1: kind of funny because earlier I was discussing how uh, Christopher Reeve was kind of a skinny, uh, long <laughs> lad, but not particularly strong-looking or yeah. muscular. And I know he did work out a bit, but I mean Jack O'Halloran is kind of a big guy yeah. and uh, I certainly wouldn't want to get back against the wall by him, <laughs> let alone grabbed by the throat. Uh, but yikes, that's kind of – you know how cool it would have been if like he turned on his – if if, uh, Christopher Reeve turned on his heat vision and like melted (laughs) his face off or something like
0: that. Melted his vocal cords. That's why he couldn't actually speak during the film. uh, Exactly. But then he
1: repaired them later with his Kryptonian uh, machinery back at the Fortress of Solitude. It's the same stuff he uses to build suns.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so an interesting behind-the-scenes tale there. And uh, we once again thank Jack for coming on to Radio KL Live and being a, a great special guest and
1: uh, and lest anyone think that that was all it was about uh, he did mention that uh, Christopher Reeve was was a lovely man oh, yeah. and, and the best Superman he's seen to date and apparently they they definitely got along uh, after the fact and, and uh, everything was okay yeah,
0: he definitely wasn't speaking ill of the dead he uh, he had a lot to say, uh, good things to say about Christopher Reeve. Okay well let's move on to the big question of uh, oh, the big question segment <laughs>
2: start with the big question
1: last month's question was what was your highlight of 2011 and what are you looking forward to most in 2012 and badre bali is that right
0: yeah i think wrote, that's how you pronounce it
1: there were several highlights in 2011 for me the biggest of course was the super books of the dc and U reboot they've been enjoyable so far the rest were paul cornell's run on action comics with his lex luthor arc Lemire's Superboy title and the fact that the iOS Superman game got positive reception compared to most Superman games I'm looking forward to seeing more promotion for the character in 2012, especially since they need to promote Man of Steel
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of promotions they do for Man of Steel, which really should start Towards the end of this year, you know, you would like a good six months of some of promos, I guess, uh, leading up to the movie Uh Next up, we have Brandon, who wrote 2011 was a tremendously great year for being a Superman fan, there were a couple of favourite moments including the chance to obtain new copies of Action Comics No. 1 and Superman No. 1 in the relaunch of something that I've really grown very fond of. There was also the first reveal of Cavill in the costume that looked better than I could have imagined and getting to visit the Man of Steel set in Plano, Illinois back in August. Whether the best experience came from getting to meet Brandon Routh back in June at the Superman Festival, while meeting him was fantastic, it was also great making some friends that I keep close contact with today, who I can share my passion with. I'm looking forward to another great festival in 2012, as well as seeing the new stories introduced by the DC teams, for better or for worse, and of course the possibility of the new Man of Steel trailer and images that become available. Yeah, well uh the Superman Festival or as its proper proper name is the Superman Celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, uh is definitely a highlight if you get to to go to that as Scotty and I both uh, both know.
1: Yeah, oh, it's a fantastic time and I would have loved to uh, meet uh, Brandon uh, myself. Uh, I I'm not able to go. It's uh you know, I'm hoping to go in 2013 right too, around the time too. that the movie's going to be coming out. I think it's going to be a great time to go.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed we'll get to meet up at there again in 2013.
1: It'll be a nice time. Uh, Argent L. wrote, Hi, Steve. Hi, Great Scotty. 2011 was an awesome year, yet somehow I'm glad it's over and we're that much closer to summer of 2013 for some reason. <laughs> Highlights of 2011 for me were all the speeding Bulletins, Great Scott segments every week, and Radio KAL every month, of course. Wow, that's kind of a nice thing and to that's, say. Wow. He continues by saying, what else was there? Oh, well, maybe the last minute or so of the Smallville finale, and also come to think of it, getting my hot little hands on the new action comics Superman, Supergirl, and Superboy, and possibly all the news on filming of Man of Steel. Yeah, those were almost up there with you guys. LOL. (laughs) Seriously, thank you very much for all the hard work and wonderful stuff you lay on us, and too easily we take for granted. First, for 2012, I'll be looking forward to the more Superman stuff as the buzz ramps up for the movie. I have to get me some of that Lego for sure, and maybe the ice cube tray. Not sure about the ceiling fan. (laughs) I'm hoping we get some sort of development on an animated cartoon. It's been a while, and what better time for a new Superman cartoon than before the movie? The sky's the
0: limit. Yeah, some great thoughts there by Arjun Ellen. some uh, kind uh, words there for for the two of us. Thank you, Argent. Arjun uh, Calvin Bowes. We paid him, we paid him. You no, know, well, yeah, you know, let's not, we, you know. Don't say that on air.
1: Oh, I'm, is this, is my mic on? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
0: I can edit it out later. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: Still, don't forget.
0: Who was the highlight of last year, uh, what was the highlight of last year, asks Calvin Bowes. One answer and one alone, Smallville, it's finished, kaput, it is no more, it's finally off the air. The only reason I would watch the show was to see if it was okay for Starla to watch, and most times most, it was not. Oh, my
1: goodness. I, I enjo- was going to say that before you said it.
0: <laughs> I enjoyed the show the first year, and then it just became garbage. The world is better uh, a better place without Smallville. Well, Wow. some harsh words. Some,
3: them, them some
1: fighting words, yeah. man. Oh. Not with me, because I agree with you, but other people might think that those mm. are
0: fighting. Let's see what his uh, yeah, uh, daughter Starla thinks.
1: Think, you know, having two daughters myself mm. and wanting chloe right now because lexi's too small to to be involved with with uh with superman and superheroes and trying to get her to watch stuff it's a fight to begin with yeah. and I, I keep wondering what year of her life's going to be okay for me to try to introduce her to smallville when mm. it was just so sexual and, and there were so many uh subjects that i would think of as not really being teen friendly and yet it was on a teen network whose whose, whose sole demographic is supposed to be young teenagers yeah. It was it was hard to watch in some of those regards, but uh, yeah, his daughter, Starla Bose, wrote, The best thing, Superman, that happened is actually a Supergirl thing, although having my own Action Comics number one is really cool, but I really like the new Supergirl. She's totally awesome. Hers is the book I always look forward to seeing each month, although me and my dad read all of them when they come out, but the Maid of Might rules big time.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Well, Starla's a Supergirl fan, no surprise there. Uh, yes. Is it? Ismael Perez wrote, uh, my favorite Superman moment of 2011 was the last three minutes of the Smallville finale. Hearing the Williams theme and seeing Clark do the shirt opening always gives me goosebumps. That's what I'm looking forward to the most in 2012. It's the Superman vs. Elite DVD movie. This is based on one of my favorite uh, all-time favorite Superman stories. Uh, so well, there's Ismael who's on the other side of the coin. I uh, the uh, the Smallville finale.
1: Yes, and there are so many who did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guthrie McLean wrote My highlight of 2009? Well, I think Oh wait, sorry, it's 2012 now Time flies 2011, I guess my highlight for that year Would be marking my 10th anniversary Of having visited the Superman homepage Wow, another nice thing to say He says, I was 9 At first I checked in weekly Then gradually I started surfing the SH every day I love this site I think it has been improved tremendously Over the past decade Good job, Steve Wow, he continues awesome. and says also in two thousand eleven, finding out Henry Cavill has been cast as Supes really made my day, and seeing the first photo of him in costume.
0: Well, there you go, Guthrie. Very nice uh, words there. Uh, thank you once again. We actually got a one late, uh, one more late entry from Levi, who uh, had a lengthy entry, but uh, the uh, crux of the of his message was he's most looking forward to seeing what Grant Morrison does in Action Comics. He says, I know he has a few tricks up his sleeve, and I'm interested to see what he does and if the foundation he lays will be what writer, future writers stick to in the coming years. It'll be very interesting to see how he explains Superman's flight power in Action Comics number six, considering that number five was Jor- has Jorel quoted as saying that Earth's gravity is so weak that Kal-El will seem to fly. I hope he uses a little pseudoscience in his explanation. So that's uh, Levi's comment there.
1: I personally am waiting to see how they rebooted after Grant Morrison leaves. <laughs> Because you know they're gonna. (laughs) Uh, The new big question this time around is, should they use the John Williams Superman theme in Man of Steel?
0: Yes, it's a contentious issue. Uh, We just don't know who the composer is yet, as we were mentioning earlier. Uh, There's been some speculation and some rumours. But whoever it is, will they use the John Williams theme? uh, It's a hot topic. Get involved with this new big question by uh, answering this question by sending an email. Uh, Or you can uh, record an audio answer if you prefer to hear yourself on Radio Kale, um, you can do that. And to do that, go to supermanhomepage.com forward slash radio and click on the big question button to send your entry into the show.
1: And we've only had like one or two actual sound bite entries sent in, so... Get on that. It's real cool to hear your voice on the on the show and, and, and your friends would like to hear what you have to say. The easiest thing to do is just go online, find a program like Audacity. It's free to download. Yep. You can just record it and make it an MP3 and send it right into us. And then you get to hear yourself on the show.
0: There you go. Yeah!
3: Mysteries are explored.
1: And yet nobody's ever heard of you. That
0: feels like a lifetime ago. Several lifetimes. We come so far on this journey we call life. Sometimes the past just seems so far removed.
1: You'll forgive me for saying that sounds a little cagey? You're right, it does. But my personal history is just that. Personal. And I would like to keep it that way.
3: Problems are confronted.
0: It's a beautiful day, don't you think? Too damn bright.
2: And listen to the birds sing. Ain't that nice?
3: Too damn loud.
2: And look at this nice guy helping you from
3: the car to the house. What a gent. Too damn insufferable. And plans are made.
2: You will continue pursuing this Zod and Brainiac? Absolutely. It ain't over till it's over.
3: Join Her Highness in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, Issue 85, on January 25th, 2012, only at PendantAudio.com. The search for answers continues. You sure this thing is safe? Of course. You hardly ever hear about one of these devices frying neural tissue from the inside out. And Metallo has questions of his own. What? the hell is going on? Take a guess, Einstein. Tune in to Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, episode 57, coming January 25th at PendantAudio.com. I'm starting to think that Glundie out of my sight wasn't such a good idea.
0: Super Secret Soundbite Time.
1: Uh, last month's sound came from smallville season five episode nine lexmas seven people guessed it correctly they were guthrie McLean, nelda mormon fred walsh jeremy crawford robert lopez adrian suarez and matthew apps
0: congratulations to those nine uh how many people was it seven people um (laughs) yeah lexmas it was a christmas uh episode obviously being the december issue of radio kal so uh Those uh, seven people were uh, very smart in guessing which episode that came from, from Smallville. Let's see if they and more can guess where in the Superman universe this new sound comes from.
3: Oh, really? I love it. It'll be great when you're flying.
0: Well, if you think you know where that sound comes from, use the super-secret sound by entry form found at the Radio KAL page to uh, send your entry in, and uh, we'll read out the names of everybody who guesses it right. Remember to find the secret soundbite entry form, go to supermanhomepage.com forward slash radio.
1: This month's Superman song is something awesome. Forget the Macarena, forget the bus stop or YMCA. You've got to play this month's song at your next party. The song is Superman by Black Lace, which was released as a single in 1983 and made it to number nine in the UK charts.
0: Steve? Yes, this is the same band that... uh, Brought us Agadoo, uh, which is one of those other songs that you have different movements and you know, things for. Um, but uh, you can search for it on YouTube. Uh, check out all the wacky dance moves that you're supposed to do to this song. Here it is, nice. Superman by Black Lace.
3: One, two, one, two, three, go. Clap your hands. Sleep. you right.
0: I can see you uh dancing Mm, to mm, those moves mm, there scotty
3: mm, mm,
1: mm, 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 (laughs) oh i'm still dancing right now i just why why is it over it should be longer (laughs) it should go on forever it should keep playing until we do next month's show
0: well i mean that's that's the song that you should be able to teach your daughter to dance to Uh,
1: yeah i don't see why not she loves making up dances and stuff and, (laughs) and, and learning dances so uh, uh, maybe i'll get around
0: to that at mm, some point maybe well that's the show for another month now uh remember if you have a suggestion for scotty and i in regards to a topic you'd like us to discuss here on radio KL, maybe there's a song you'd like to request and uh we've already got a request for the our february show uh so i'll mm. uh, we'll stay tuned for that uh, there's perhaps... no way they're
1: finding a song better
0: than that no well huh. it, that'll be that's, a, that's a, a, a tough act to follow that one but, uh, <laughs> any, any, any of your suggestions can be sent to us. Uh, you can email me via steve at com, or if you prefer to get in touch with Scotty, you can email him via scotty at com, and we'll endeavor to use your suggestions in a future podcast. But for now, that's the show, as I said. Thank you, Scotty.
1: Thank you, Steve. And everybody, remember, if you think there's a better Superman website out there, you are wrong.
0: You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com.